What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith. That's Gary Morgan, and we're giving you an immediate reaction to, um, as my mom texted me after today's game, after seven, uh, seven straight victories, who is this team and where did they take the Pirates? We'll talk about <laughs> that here in just a moment. You are Locked On Pirates. Your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All righty, everybody, and welcome back to that Pirates podcast. As mentioned before, my name is Ethan Smith. To my right is Gary Morgan, and it's not going to be a Gary Morgan Monday this week. It's going to be a Gary Morgan Sunday. You're getting this relatively right after the game because uh, your boy over here has a lot going on with guests this week. We have Gary today. <laughs> we have uh, Locked On MLB crossover tomorrow along with a Locked On Reds crossover tomorrow. And then we're also going to have a Dodgers play-by-play announcer on on Tuesday. So lots of content coming to you guys early this week and throughout the week. But Gary, um, I'm scoreboard watching in April. Can, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I like am it. too, brother. I am too. We're in first place right now. Yeah, and uh, for those wondering, at the time of this recording, so I may look like an idiot once you listen to it, uh, the Red Sox and the Brewers are tied at three. The Dodgers are beating the Cubs five to three, and the Cardinals are beating the Mariners at two to zero in the top of the first inning. So I actually kind of liked Jeff Passan's tweet that he had after the game. I don't know if you saw it yet. When he mentioned, he mentioned that the Pirates, of course, are 16 and seven. Uh, He mentioned that they are one of the better teams in baseball right now. But I loved what he said. He said they did play the the Rockies and the Reds, but I loved how he worded it afterwards. He said they are still victories. And there's something that I'd said going into this week after our show on Monday and throughout the week that I saw this series against the Reds as a revenge series after what happened on the opening weekend. I guess they took that literally. Not that I had anything to do with it, but I guess they took that literally, winning in just a completely different way than the way we saw them win earlier in the week where they were scoring 33 runs in three games to where now it was just pitching galore again. And the offense, I would like to see it pick up again a little bit, but... Wins are wins. So, I mean, what is your biggest takeaway from what we just saw from a 7-0 and week? I mean, uh, I think for one thing, what we saw in this Red series, we saw a dead, flat, tired team muscle yeah. through a series against a lesser opponent. A lesser opponent that can pitch their ass off, though. The Reds can pitch. Yes. And... um I mean, they're they're gonna if they pitch like this all year, they they, they will outdo their own um, expectations that a lot of people have put on them. Red, the Reds can pitch, mm-hmm. so I mean, they, I don't I don't ever really look at the offense and go like, oh man, how could you? No, the Reds Reds are good like that. I think, yeah. Um, and the Rockies series, man, you don't beat teams that bad. I don't care where they're supposed to fall. You don't beat teams that bad, that soundly, without being yourself a pretty good team. 
That was not fluky. None of this is fluky. And I think that's what's scaring a lot of us. This isn't like miracle after miracle, Ethan. This is like just consistent, good baseball, good approaches, good decisions. I don't know what else to say. And and I think that's where a lot of the thought process with myself, this being my third year covering this, for you especially – covering baseball way longer than I have and being around it way more than I have. I think everybody in Pirates fandom right now is just waiting for that wall to hit that I mentioned. I remember I mentioned last Monday, everybody that's listening, I mentioned last week, I said, win games as much as possible until you hit the wall. The Houston Astros last year hit a wall at some point in the season and still went on to win the World Series. It happens to everybody. And I feel like that's where a lot of this is coming from now is none of these wins are fluky. This is good baseball that we're watching. We have just seen garbage for the most part for the last three or four years that it almost is like when you go out and you're like pleasantly surprised that the girl at the bar walked up to you and said hi to you. You're like, wait a second. You have to like step back for a second. You're like, what is this? And that's what I feel like this Pirates team is right now. Pitching we thought was going to be a possibly a mess at one point with the JT Brubaker injury. O'Neill Cruz goes down and Brian Reynolds on top of that was struggling until Saturday's game, which uh, hopefully everything's going okay with him, uh, which uh, with the news that came out today. Um, but with all of those factors and I'll even throw G man Choi and the bullpen injuries in there too. Sure. They have no reason to think that they would be 16 and seven, but credit to Ben Charrington right now, he's built a team that's able to sustain injuries, which is something the pirates for a while haven't had. I think what we see most is he's, he's able to understand the way pieces fit together. Yes. You know, I, he has done a good job and we sat here and looked at, at the pieces being brought in, Ethan, and, and I don't think anybody that that's been trying to analyze this team and and follow them and cover them at any level, no matter whether you're a professional or like us, just general, you know, yeah. podcasters and, and writers. None of us understood everything they did. I think a lot of us questioned why would they get two first basemen like that? Why would they? do this why did they think that they could resurrect vince velasquez why did they think rich hill was going to be able to make it this long and why mccutcheon boy they have all these outfield options and everything right yeah why did we trade for mark matthias even every single question that you that we've all asked they've been right yeah (laughs) i don't know what else to say you're to the point where They're pushing every right button right now. Yeah, and I mean, then you even add in Connor Joe. A lot of people, why why did they do that? Ryan Valade. I know we haven't seen Ryan Valade play much, but and there's a reason for that. I mean, they just have seen really good things. Um, Now, there was one thing that I did want to point out about today's game that was actually brought up on the broadcast quite a bit. Um, Kanan Smith and Jigba. That was a that that was a choice today to have him in the lineup against Hunter Green after he hadn't played for a while. Yeah. That was that was a choice. And I mean, I understand that there are still guys the Pirates have to get looks at here. They have to like look at these young guys and make some decisions. 
but it also at what point do you just keep riding the wave of what's working? You're talking about why why him over Connor Joe, basically. Yeah. I think for one thing, uh, Connor Joe has been playing like a starter yes. recently. And it's not something that he's necessarily accustomed to. So he probably did need a blow, you know, yeah. and against a real tough righty. Um, I can see giving him the day off. They faced a lot of lefties. He's played an awful lot of baseball, probably more than he's used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kanan hasn't been getting a, a chance. So, I no. mean, you finally are facing a righty that likes to throw fastballs. Hey, <laughs> let's let's give him an opportunity here. But still, you're coming off the bench face at 100 mile an hour. You know, his opportunity has been very, very hard to to get any kind of traction. I think, yep. and and I think uh, the emergence of Connor Joe has probably affected that pretty pretty severely. But you can see why they didn't want Swaggerty up here. Yeah, because I mean, where would where would Travis Swaggerty get at bats? Yep. Uh, it, he w- he would not get at bats here. I right. mean, it's the same thing with bringing up, say, like a Pagero or a Gonzalez at any point. Where do you get the at bats from? I don't know. Let me throw this back at you. Like, you know, we talked about this being a problem. It, I, it's a problem to us anyway. For all I know, they've got this worked out in the clubhouse and they're doing something with him on the side that helps him stay fresh or whatever. Yeah. But. If you can't get him the at-bats and you need to basically have somebody on the bench who doesn't need them, do you maybe send him down and keep Drew Maggi when when Reynolds comes back? If it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, and he's already on the 40. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and that was a big thing today, too, with the uh, Drew Maggi thing. Very cool story. Kind of wish the Pirates would have blew the Reds out just to see him get an at-bat. <laughs> I was I was really hoping that would happen, and honestly, part of me thought that I believe McCutcheon was in the DH spot today, right? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. I would. Part of me was hoping that in that bottom of the eighth, when he came up, that he was going to kind of just put his bat down, put his helmet down, and just go sit down and just <laughs> tell Derek Shelton to let him have it at bat. But again, close game. You're looking for wins. I'm sure that yeah, I can't fault them for. Point. I can't fault them for taking the this the win seriously it's it's something we've been crying for them to do for years so and obviously over the weekend too we've had a lot of news Derek Shelton gets his extension that was kind of out of nowhere but so far I mean it appears that one of the bigger questions we had coming into this year was okay Derek Shelton actually has some talent here now the last yeah. couple of years, you really couldn't judge him. There wasn't, I mean, he was working with Josh Van Meter, which if you tune into the Pirates fan forum, Gary broke a forbidden rule with Jim Stam to not mention Josh Van Meter. Um, but when you're, when you don't have the Josh Van Meters of the world anymore and you actually one through nine can almost trust everybody on the roster, including Jason DeLay. I mean, I don't know what in the world has got into that guy, but he's been playing phenomenal about it. And he's playing pretty good. Behind the plate, too. He's playing really well. I mean, I think Derek Shelton's done fine. And we've also seen another thing that me and you used to get really upset about last year where he wouldn't let pitchers go deep into games. Well, 12 of their last 13 starts are quality starts. 
And I mean, the Rich Hill one broke that streak of what we consider a quality start. But yeah, he, he didn't qualify for well. a quality start, but still won. Yeah, I'm like that. That that'll <laughs> never make sense to me. It's like you can win a game, but not have a quality start, even right. though you only gave up like two runs. That said, <laughs> you can win a game and throw one pitch. So that is very true. Till the you know the win loss record is an injustice that baseball should go back and fix for a lot of people but um yeah man i mean it's hard to even come up with criticisms right this second it really is i mean you don't you don't see anything negative because there isn't anything negative to say right this second anything that you thought was wrong before isn't wrong and anything you thought was right before and and they didn't choose to do you were wrong you just sit back and enjoy it right now. It's they're putting on a show. They've they've come together. Sometimes that happens. Maybe it lasts a month. Maybe it lasts all season. Who the heck knows? Maybe Baseball's they're the, the mighty ducks of Anaheim. <laughs> Everything just takes off. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Honestly, one hey, one Pittsburgh team has to make the playoffs this year. Why not be the Pirates? Steelers <laughs> and the Penguins didn't do it. Maybe the Pirates will do it. Um, yeah. And then you look and you look at uh, before we get into the week ahead, which uh, again I don't know how we're going to start judging this prediction score thing because I said five and two and they went seven and zero, oh. so I'm very happy to be wrong. But uh, I don't think me and Gary could have predicted seven and zero, oh, and I don't think we would ever predict seven and zero. Oh. Um, but Key Brian Hayes, I think my biggest takeaway from this week is just how well he's moved back into that leadoff spot. Because it was a big question for this team after O'Neill Cruz went down with that injury is who was going to lead off in his absence. Yeah. And I would even argue four months down the road when O'Neill Cruz comes back, if Hayes keeps hitting like this, I mean, it's getting to the point where I'm sitting down getting my water or beer or whatever to watch the game, and I look on my screen and Hayes is already on second or third base. And he's already scoring like half a second later. I mean, I don't even have time to sit down. That's um, obviously a lot to ask forever here from him, but God, you gotta love what you're seeing, man. Oh like, yeah. He he's just uh he's got a better approach right now. It took him a while. He was cold at the beginning of the season, so it took him a while to get back to being on time and like coming around on balls and actually pulling them the way he can. And that just everything comes together for him when he does that. Because then when he hunts that ball away or towards the other side gap, he can make on-time connection to it. I just love everything about the way he's swinging the bat right now, man. And the hustle is there. The fielding, man, he looks better than ever this yeah. year. Things he's doing are insane. I love him in leadoff right now. I'm, I've never been a fan of it, but you can't move a guy that's hitting like that. No, so. and, and I would argue that if it's something that he can slightly sustain, because he's not going to do this on this level. Like he's not going to get a, a lead off double every single game. <laughs> I would think not. not no. um, but if he even sustains the level of what he has right now, I mean, I would argue even when Cruz comes back that he would stay in that spot. If he's hitting that way. Yeah. A long way to go before Cruz comes back. Yeah. There's um, a long time before that. And this roster also will probably look a lot different by yeah. the time he gets back. For all we know, by that point, you know, we could be on to G1 Bay or Tucapina Marcano need to be the leadoff player. You know, you never know. Um, just 
enjoy it, man. I hope that's all. That's what people take away from this right now is just enjoy it. At yeah. some point, things don't have to make sense for you to like them. No. And you don't have to make sense of it either. Uh, you did mention, uh, looking forward to this week, uh, the Pirates do get a much-needed off day on Monday after I think they what what they said it was like 16 straight games or it was some big number that they I had. Was, I think it was 17. Yeah, it was 16 or 17 straight games. And yeah, they need the day off. And especially the fact that they don't have a travel day either. They could just take the day off for the most part. I think that's yeah. going to be a good thing for them. And then you have a series against the Dodgers coming up. Yeah. How do you pick this very one? Very interesting. How do you pick this one? The Dodgers right now sit at eleven and eleven. Obviously, have not finished their game as we're recording, and they're still the Dodgers. We're just going to say that they still have Mookie Betts, they still have Freddie Freeman, they still have Will Smith, they they still have the usual suspects. But there are also some questions about that Dodgers team as to how good are they this year in terms of, like, what do they do at certain positions? I mean, we saw Mookie Betts play shortstop for the first time in 12 (laughs) years uh, the other day. Yeah, But I I agree with you. I don't know how you pick this series, especially because when you look at the pitching for it, especially, you get Oviedo, Contreras, and Keller in this series. And then the Pirates have traditionally done really well against the Dodgers. Yeah, let's not forget they swept them in L.A. last year. Yeah, and I, yeah, I didn't. I mean, yes, last year, but I mean, it's going back a few years now. They've kind of like cleaned up against the Dodgers for some odd reason. Um, I I think they have an excellent chance to play really, really good baseball against the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers are certainly not hot right now. They could do some damage. Um, we've seen Freddie Freeman hurt us in PNC Park several times. Yes. Um, they've got. That the Outman kid that is just crushing baseball. Oh, James Outman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he and boy, does his swing look tailor made for PNC Park too? So there's a lot. There's a lot to be afraid of, I think, with the Dodgers, and they can pitch too. Um, but this Pirates team hasn't backed down from anyone. I thought they stood toe to toe with with Houston. Um, I thought they they stood toe to toe with the Cardinals. And I arguably they, should have won that series. Yeah, I thought they played really well. Um, I, I mean, I'll believe that they're going to shudder at the sight of the Dodgers when I see it. I'm going to say they're going to pull two or three from them. I really am. I mean, you again, the pitching matchups is what I go back to a lot with this team right now. Um, on Tuesday, it's going to be Syndergaard versus Oviedo. Oviedo has pitched very well the last couple of starts that he's had Wednesday's game is very interesting because I believe that is um, Michael Grove that they have on the mound. And he has an almost nine ERA right now uh, yeah. facing Contreras and then Urias um, against Keller and kind of like an ace versus ace kind of thing, which is very nice. And their stats right now are very, very comparable. Yeah. Um, almost the same ERA, almost the same whip. Keller just has two and two thirds innings on him right now. Yeah. Um, this is what this does remind me a little bit of the Astro series. I think where it's going to be a series where the pirates are going to get tested by a good team. Yes. And it's something that they need. I think after this week, 
Um, Colorado was a mess. Cincinnati can pitch, but I, I still think the Pirates on paper are better than Cincinnati. So then shifting those gears to that, you're still playing MLB teams every single day. That's what the argument sure. I make. You're still, I mean, and that's the argument I will make about the weekend going to Washington is, yeah, we're all going to see the Nationals on the schedule and just think they're going to go in there and beat the Nationals in three, which they probably should. But let's remember that I don't think the Pirates, and you reminded me of this last week, I don't think they're at that level yet to where they could say, oh, yep, stamp it, like just because. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I guess I'm just feeling like the Dodgers aren't in a great place right now. And the Pirates really are humming. Mm-hmm. Um, this break comes at a good time for them because they're they're legitimately tired. And I think they they I think they'll come out of this break ready to go again, as opposed to like limping into the break, you know, and trying yeah. to jump right back up at, at full engine go come Tuesday. So the weather's been cold too. I think I give the bats a little bit for that the reds as well for that matter suffered from the same thing it was really cold <laughs> like, yes really really hard to hit in that kind of weather so we'll see what happens i i i think their chances to take two of three against the dodgers are pretty good i think they can hang in there with them i really do like you said the pitching matchup i think it favors pittsburgh yeah I mean, from what I'm reading, from what I'm seeing, yeah, I mean, it does. I'll say two of three, too. I just, I really do like the idea of this series because both teams have an off day on Monday. So they both come in fresh. And again, as you've mentioned, I'm sure the numbers out there somewhere, the Pirates have had relative success against this Dodgers team because a lot of people pointed to sweep in LA last year, but also forget that the Pirates beat them two out of three at PNC last year. Um, now what I did think was also funny too, is that that 1992 team started 16 and seven and won their 16th game, uh, one to nothing. And then Sawinski scored the double. I was like, okay, let's just not <laughs> give me free content there. But then moving later into the week to recap the month of April, which is just a insane thing to say. Um, they get the nationals who clearly are in a rebuild spot. And ironically enough, they get to see a former friend on Friday. They get to see Chad Cool on Friday against Rich Hill. I find that very fun, which means Chad Cool probably pitched like seven scoreless innings and beat us like seven to five. <laughs> Chad Cool's uh, still got good stuff, so I I give him a chance every night out. And then uh, Velasquez will face off against Corbin on Saturday, which then would probably mean Oviedo will finish off against Josiah Gray on Sunday. That's a that's a two out of three candidate for me. I could see the Nationals squeaking one out of there somehow, especially going back on the road after. I mean, when you come back, I mean, what is their homestand record right now? Four and zero, and if they go two of three against the Dodgers, you're talking about a six and one homestand. Yep, I could see them at, at least winning the series in Washington, but I'm not going to predict the sweep. I, I just I think the Nationals. For some reason, that just gives me the vibes that that's kind of a series where the Nationals will find a way to win one game. I can see it. I'm going to go bold this time, Ethan. I'm putting points on the board, brother. Five and one. 
I'm going to call the sweep in Washington. Well, you know, uh, well, you know, your two out of three prediction is going to be right no matter what, because I write on Tuesday and Thursday. So. See, see, I, I actually forgot. Right I actually had I forgot about that actually. So yeah, now <laughs> I have to uh, say two out of three no matter what for the Dodgers series because I'm still a perfect six and zero. Oh. And I'm um, three and zero. Oh, so yeah, Gary's hightailing it behind me back here. Uh, me yep. and him. I think we're the only two undefeated ones now over there at Buck's basement. So far, but either that or we're the only ones keeping track. They have been winning yeah. a lot. <laughs> now, what I do find very fun, and I, I just want to mention this, is there are some very fun series this week for the Pirates specifically to keep an eye on. Um, the Reds head to the Rangers. Yes, I'm talking about teams that the division is playing. The Brewers are heading to Detroit, which I find is an interesting series. But St. Louis is on the road on a West Coast trip all week with San Francisco and the Dodgers. And then I believe the Cubs are playing um, the Padres. And who do the Brewers play after Detroit? They play... They play the Angels, which is, of course, not a pushover. So, yes, scoreboard watch in April like Ethan. Why not? (laughs) It's fun. It's, I mean, they have the third best record in baseball right now. That's, that's the takeaway. Like as Gary mentioned before, enjoy it. They have the third best, not the third best record in the national league. They have the third best record in baseball. And yep. Gary's also convinced that there's a, uh, jokingly, he's convinced that there's a conspiracy theory going on amongst the CBA right now that they want a small market world series because the brewers rays and pirates all have the three best records in baseball right now and think about this too man this is the worst because this is this is pirates luck right here you start out 16 and 7 and somehow the brewers are right there with you (laughs) you're you're tied for first place at the time of recording and the cubs are 12 and 8 so, I mean, they're not a joke right now either. And I understand St. Louis is struggling bad, but that lineup's just too good to be bad for that. Lineup is good. That pitching might be not good enough. Yeah, though. that is their scary thing. Yeah. But that's and also something I think something they that traded I... Johan Oviedo away. Yes, they could very much use a Johan Oviedo right now. And you just look around baseball, too. I mean, everybody, the Pirates have separated themselves early. They're 16 and 7. But if you look at the bigger divisions here, like the NL uh the NL West and the AL or NL East, I mean, all of the teams in the NL East right now are kind of clumped together except the Nationals, as expected. All of the teams in the West are clumped together except the Giants and the Rockies, as expected. And the Cardinals are gonna probably pick up some victories here eventually. And the NL Central right now, compared to the rest of baseball outside of the American League East. Could be the best division in baseball right now. I mean, just how yeah. every team is playing in that division. I'll say too, you know, we've we've played the Cub, the 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 Reds seven times already, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't capitalize on all of them, you know. But still, that's seven games against the Reds that a lot of this division has yet to do. Yeah. So I mean, there there's a lot of uh, a lot of baseball left to be played. I don't think anybody should be changing their predictions or running down the streets naked streaking screaming about the pirates going to the world series but man it's fun and and right now there's just not a lot to pick apart 
Because anything you do, you're lying to yourself or you're holding on to beliefs that have been upturned already. And to mention, by the way, the Pirates still do play the Reds six more times this year, uh, one time at home in August and one time on the road in September. So these teams will not see each other again for a while. Uh, As mentioned before, um, lots of content coming your way, guys. Uh, Again, I'm going to be on a crossover with Locked on MLB and have a crossover with the Locked on Reds guys, which I'm sure you guys are going to give Steven all the love from our opening day bet that we had uh, where he's going to have to wear a pirate shirt eventually on that show. He'll do it eventually. I I, I understand ordering, ordering stuff in the mail can take a while. Uh, but he already said that he knows I'm going to be a uh, a thorn in his side for a while on this one. Uh, but Pirates baseball is fun right now, and this is arguably the funnest time it's been since I've been the host of this podcast. And I just hope it keeps up. Dodgers, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nationals, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Of course, you're going to be getting all the game recaps after. You can check those out on YouTube, on YouTube Shorts. Uh, you're going to get everything audio on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcast, make sure you also go to YouTube for the videos of these. The audio, of course, always pairs with it. This was an ad-free episode, so enjoy that. Uh, Gary, what do you have going on this week, brother? Same stuff as always. Everybody that watches this show should know where I'm at and what I do by now. Catch me on Twitter, GaryMO2007. Which you can see on the screen. That's it. Yep. He, you, know, you guys know what he's doing, and then, of course, look out for my game recaps on Tuesday and Thursday over inside the Bucks basement. And, guys, again, I just think me and Gary said it best. Just enjoy it while we have it because who knows how long it's going to last. But Dennis Eckersley, they're not a hodgepodge of nothingness anymore. Guys, thank no. you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast here on Sunday. Guys, have a wonderful rest of your evening. Have a wonderful Monday if you're listening on Monday. My name is Ethan Smith. That's Gary Morgan. We'll see you on the flip side.